Okay, we are in Sefer Hosea, Perek Yud, Pasuk Aleph, Gefen Bokeh Yisrael. Yesterday in Perek Test, we saw a harsh, depressing, dark prophecy directed against the Asaras Ratim, the Ten Tribes, by the Navi, in which it ends with the children of the Ten Tribes, the Bnei Ephraim. They will die in infancy, in childbirth, in delivery, in conception. Those that will survive delivery will die in youth or in the prime of their uh, childhood. And so today the Navi pauses, Hosea, for a while to explore how we got there. How did B'nai Ephraim, the ten tribes, get to that point where the punishment, the outlooks are so bleak and devastating? And it is no surprise that what it comes down to, as we will see, is that the moment they became the ten tribes, the moment Yeruvah ben Nevat ascended to the Malchus, the moment he built those two golden calves, one in Dun and one Basel, the idea to distract B'nai Yisrael into Avodah and to prevent them from going to Yerushalayim during the Regalim, and B'nai Yisrael, the B'nai Ephraim, responding, not that they fell into Avodah they leaped into it. And it is that specific moment, and as we're gonna see, the golden calves, the Egle Hazahar, probably because they're so tied into that first Egel Hazar that they've learned nothing that is the source of their devastating punishments and prophecies directed against it. So we have seen a common metaphor that is used by Nevi'im is B'nai Yisrael as a kerem, as a vineyard. We saw it in Yeshayahu, Perik Hay, where it is a vineyard lovingly tendered by the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and it brings forth beautiful grapes and fruits. And then at a certain point, it becomes um, poisoned. It gives up of its fruit. It becomes non-productive. And that's what we're going to see here again. B'nai Yisrael, the 10 tribes, compared to a Karen, a vineyard, Pasuk Aleph. Gefen Bokeh Yisrael. Israel is like a vineyard that gives up of its fruits. And by giving up its fruits, we mean giving up the gifts that the Kaddish Baruch Hu gave it specifically, the Torah, the Mikdash, the Avodah, what have you. They give up the fruits at a certain point of their existence pre-Yashralo, and that they are blessed with abundance at the beginning. Karov of hirbe lemizbachos, ketov l'artzo And the paradox is, whatever they're given, uh, whatever they increase their avodah zorah, so that karov l'pir, the more fruit they get, the more mizbechos, altars they built for Avodah Zohar. The more the land, Ketovah, Artso, hey, Tivu Matsevos, they build monuments. 
In other words, it's whatever the Kaddish Baruch Hu gives them. They paradoxically turn away into more Avodah Zorah. So the basic of problem is, of course, as we've seen, Avodah Zorah. Continues, Cholak Libam. They separated their heart, and for that they will bear their guilt. They separated their heart, as Rashi points out, uh, but also, say the Mephoshim, they separated, and perhaps more tragically, they separated their, themselves from each other. Hilly, let me ask a question. If, you're a, if you were born in the Ten Tribes, like in the generation after Yerovim, and you're born in a land where you don't have access to Yerushalayim. And uh, you're, li- you're born into a land where they're practicing Avodah Zarah. How is that person responsible for, every, for that situation? All right. One, no, no, there were, first of all, there were constant Nevi'im there. There were constant Nevi'im. There was a flow between Yerushalayim and uh, the um, Ten Tribes. And theoretically, yes, they knew they had teachers, they had uh, Balei Tshuva. They, they, yes, they had to know what was going on. They weren't isolated that completely. And as you say, you had Nevi'im constantly preaching to them. You had Kohanim. Kohanim remained there, many Kohanim. Nothing. So, no, I wouldn't let them off the hook that easily. So, Cholak Limon, that moreover, they separated from each other. They separated from the, the Mishpat, the Tzedek, that they're supposed to do each other. And so interestingly, Rashi says, and says to them, Mephoshim, Godol HaShalom, it is more important, says Rashi, that there be peace between the tribes. Sha'afilu Yisrael odim avodah zorah. Even if they're doing avodah zorah, v'shalom b'neihem, and yet they are at peace with each other. Ein hasatan mekatrek b'neihem. The satan doesn't speak against them to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. In other words, as strange as it sounds, it's more important that they love each other as, as fellow Jews than that they refrain from Avodah Zohar. And they did both. Cholak libam atam yeshamu. Hu ya rotmiz b'chosam, yishtod matzavosam, and so the Kodesh Baruch will destroy their mizveachs and render broken their matzavos, their pillars. Ki ato yomru, because now they will say, when they see the devastation coming, ein melech lanu. Could mean several things, ain't Melaklanu. It could mean we have no king. In other words, the Avodah Zara that was our king, we have no king anymore. Kilo Yirenu es Hashem, Bahamelech Mayaselon, the Kodesh Baruch Hu has nothing to do with us. And this king that we have sort of put over us, what's he going to do for us? He can't do anything. Some say it means that. Yerubim, that the Yerubim and his followers, they, they're the king, and they've done nothing, they can't do anything for him. Others mean the split from Yehuda, that if they had stayed with the Davidic dynasty, they would have a king to lead them. Now, Ein Lanu Melech, Mayas what is to become of us? 
Dibru Dvarim Alot Shav. They spoke foolish things. They made false oaths. Dvarim Alot Shav. They made Korah's bris. They made covenants among Avodazara. Uparach Karosh Mishmat Altame Shaddai. And so they did all this. Um, without any reference to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and now they are going to pay for it. They are going to be like poison in their, in their furrows. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is, their end is death. Le'eglos me'oben, your guru, because of those egels, remember it comes back to those egels, base oven is base el, where one of them was, Shekain Shomron ki Ovel Olav Imo Ukmarav Olav Yodgilu Akfaldo ki Golami Menu. And so Shomron, the capital city, which is a symbol for Ephraim, ki Ovel Olav Amo Ukmarav Olav Yodgilu Akfaldo. They have lost, they're covered, ki Golami Menu. The idols themselves, those calves, have been exiled from it. And what we learn in history is that what they did, the Assyrians, was melt down those golden calves, ship them to Assyria, where they gave them as a gift, as tribute to their king, uh, Sancheri. So they saw if these golden calves couldn't protect themselves, how are they going to protect B'nai Israel? The answer is they can't. They went to Asher and they were given to Yuval Mincha Lamelech. Yoriv would be Sancheriv. But Israel saw this. They were just humiliated at the counsels, at the decisions they made, at who they followed. They were just totally degraded and embarrassed. And so Shomron, who had had this king, as it were, it became like bubbles on the water. Uh, temporary, irrelevant, producing nothing. Their places of worship where these lavish idols were uh, have become strewn with thorns and overrun with thistles. There's no inhabitants there are, and therefore, interesting metaphor. And so they cry to the mountains, cover us, the plateaus, fall upon us. In other words, shield us from humiliation and degradation so no one will see is, is one meaning. The other meaning is they're saying that um, uh, Yehuda, they should have fought, Yehuda shouldn't see their humiliation, their degradation, cover us as it was. Now we're going back to the giver. The giver, it could be one of several things. The giver could be where they came to Shmuel and said, give us a king. From that moment, that was the downhill trip. 
Or it could be the Pelegesh Megivah, how they disgraced themselves in their behavior in that matter of the concubine, where they protected, they shielded the murderers, where they failed to take action on the side of justice, and it ends in a civil war that nearly kills off a, a major tribe of Yehuda. From the beginning, you singe. So the inference is that there you decided that if you were there, or rather those B'nai Giva, if you were there in that time, you would have refrained from fighting the justice, from joining the war. You would have done nothing to rectify this terrible injustice. Uh, that's possibly one of the reasons. But Giva is also, remember, where they approached Shmuel. Uh, it is where they brought Avodah Zorah to the Mishkan. So pick whatever you want. It's from the moment they start in Giva. But Avasivesarein, because of my will, I have decided I have the right to destroy them. But Asu Alehim Amim Ba'asram. And I will bring uh, the nations to destroy them. I will bring a, a coalition of other nations. For their sins. Ephraim, very interesting metaphor. Ephraim, you are like a cow who loves loves to thresh rather than plow. Plowing is the real work. Threshing is the kicking, the moving thing. They like the action of, a, you know, they like the gashmias. They didn't want to bother with the real work. It is the plowing. And I knew Ephraim in those days, I had inspected its neck, we're continuing the metaphor of a cow, and it was strong, it was capable. Uh, of doing it. The ace lidrosis Hashem Adyovo Biyoret Sedek Lachem. No. Um, hold on one second. Atub Savaro. Arkiv Ephraim Yachrus Yehuda Yashterlo Yachol. I harness together with Yehuda so that together they would they would do um, Two furrows, as it were, Yehuda and Yaakov is one interpretation, Yehuda and Ephraim, and would bring glory to Yaakov. Ziru lachem chesed. And now he exhorts them, plant the seeds of staka, of justice, of charity, if you will. Kitzru chesed, harvest chesed amongst each other. Niru lachem nir, plow yourself a furrow. The ace lidroshesh hashem adyovo biyoret sedek lachem, and keep searching and and perfecting yourself until the sedek, the justice, permeates your society. And the mafarshim say he says this to Bnei Ephraim and Yehuda, or take an example from. Yehuda, and that they will create this just society. Uh, unfortunately, Hareshem Resha of Lhasa, you have harvested evil. Kitzartem Achaltem Pri you have 
harvested the fruits of denial, of, of blasphemy. Because you were so sure of yourself. You were so sure of the ways you went. That is kind of sarcastic. How you followed your leaders in, in quotation marks. You followed people who thought would lead you. The Kohanim, the false prophets, the false Kohanim, the kings, Yerovam specifically. So a disaster, destruction is going to overtake your nation. You shot all your fortified cities and fortresses will be destroyed. This is a bit obscure. Fortunately, Shalman based on two people. Shalman obviously destroyed Aravel uh, in a surprise attack. The Yom Milchama on the day of war, Aim al Bonim Richa, completely leaving it, the, the land the devastated, etc. And that's what's going to happen to you. Kacha Asal Lachem. This is what done to you. Beisel Mipne Ras Rasechem. Beisel, what you did there because of your evil. And again, we come back to it. You can't avoid it. It is those egglos, those golden calves that they built at. Basel and Don, that was their downfall. Um, in the dawn, your king will be silenced. That would be Hosea ben Elo, the last king of uh, Israel, and that he will be like killed at the dawn. Usually the dawn is where you don't expect an attack. That's when it will occur and the nation of Israel will be destroyed, sent into exile, and to this day, never really heard from again. So tomorrow we continue along this vein, 8.45 a.m. Ad Khan.